Good morning, church. How are you? Um, I just want to talk a little bit about our Thrive classes. If you don't already know, we have our Thrive classes. I have a cold. (laughs) Um, So Wednesday evenings, six Wednesday evenings, and um, there's building a marriage that thrives, CPR and first aid, basic Christianity, and um, oh, sorry, building a marriage that thrives, that's with the Chicarellis. CPR and first aid, that's by the American Heart Society. Basic Christianity, that's with our own Pastor Ken. English as a second language is with Becky Cohen. Hello. Grief Share, which begins February 19th, that's with um, the Blooms. And Sticky Faith for Parents and Volunteers of Teenagers, that's with me. And um, How to Be Smarter Than Your Technology is with Lauren Kress. And our whole hope with this is that we're just offering these classes to our community, not only to give them knowledge, but to invite them to be a part of our church community and to maybe mingle with some of you who are maybe taking some of these classes so that they could build relationships and kind of get a sense of what this church is like, how welcoming and loving and open this church is. And that's really our hope. Now, we've made it really easy for you to invite people in your neighborhood, or maybe the Holy Spirit will lead you to invite someone that you know that could benefit from these classes. And there's only 10 in a packet. That's all we're asking. It's really simple. If you take it out and take it to your community, into your neighborhood, maybe where you work if it's close by, Last week, the high school youth um, went out for about an hour and a half in our neighborhood, in our community, um, inviting people. We did get some rejections, but we moved on because we had some really good responses. And today, this afternoon, the Pathfinders are going to be going out again and dropping off just little invites so that people know that this is what we're doing as a church, to be a part of our church, to just let them know that, hey, you know what, we're doing something, and it's so inexpensive, but they can get good knowledge, and it's just more than even good knowledge. It's, it's about getting to know you, people in our church. And so I figure if the youth and the Pathfinders can do it, come on, you guys can do it too. Yeah? Yep. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, so we've all been there, right? We've all been faced with a big decision, and we wanted to know the answer and the quandary to what we should do. We wanted to be guided in the right direction, making sure that we didn't want to make a mistake, or even worse, we didn't want to fail. We wanted a word, a saying, a nudge, a tug on your heart, um, an aha moment to get the answer we were looking for. And that's typically when we consult the Holy Spirit. During life, those huge moments in life when we're looking for the answers, such as, what college or university should I go to? What career path should I choose? Or maybe, what's the next step in my career? Whom shall I marry? Where shall I work? Or, is it time for a new job? Is this the house for us to purchase? Or, where are we going to live? Or maybe instead of being faced with life huge decisions, maybe you were going through a difficult time in what seems to be the never-ending saga of mishaps when we are in deep prayer and pleading for the Holy Spirit to give us a way out. Maybe you have at one point or another asked yourself, is this relationship coming to an end? Or why can't I do better on my classes and exam work? Or exams and classwork? Or how come I didn't make the team or get chosen for leadership? 
Or maybe just plain old basic, why God, why me? Why are things happening in my life the way they are? Can't I get a break? You see, these are the most typical times when we are searching for answers and when we are looking for guidance, is when we have these big decisions that we're faced, of or faced with or when we're struggling or going through a difficult time. And it's not to say that these big decisions and these difficult times in our lives don't warrant seeking God's guidance or his leading. And I'm not saying that these big decisions and difficult times in our lives haven't had a huge impact on who we are as people, because I know when I've asked myself those questions, or when I've been through those tough times, that each one of those have shaped me in ways that have given me character, understanding, and a deeper knowledge of God's grace. And maybe you have had the same experience. But though we seek guidance when we are most often faced with these big decisions or when life is difficult, we can also seek guidance on a more regular, everyday, mundane, or exceptional parts of our lives. And today, we're going to explore how we can practice some of those things and how we can receive guidance from the Holy Spirit. So let's just start off with the basics. What is the Holy Spirit? The King James Version of the Bible, I'm like, wow, really? You know, it refers to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. And that just doesn't sound exciting to me at all. The Holy Ghost, how is that at all um, part of the Trinity, part of the Godhead? No, it's not like Casper the Friendly Ghost, which is a show from my time back in the day. Thankfully not. And ghosts don't pop out in, in the Godhead. But where the ghost is used in the Greek New Testament, the translated word for that is pneuma in Greek which means spirit or wind or breath. And so the translation for that pneuma is the Holy Spirit. But this third person in the Godhead, it's a little bit nebulous, wouldn't you say? John Stott once said, quote, many, believe, many who believe in God believe in Jesus, but are bewildered by the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. He is a neglected member of the Trinity, unquote. And so when I was preparing this, I'm like, yeah, how do we explain the Trinity in more simple terms? And I like the way Tony Campolo explains it. He explains the Trinity like water. It's a chemical makeup of water. The chemical makeup of water is H2O, and it has three different forms. Water, its natural state. Steam is when water is past the boiling point. And ice is when water has dipped into and beyond the freezing point. But you see, each form of water is in its own individual state, yet they have the same chemical makeup. And that's how it is with the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, each person in their own being, but they each make up a part of the Godhead. So we are very clear on who God the Father is and his role. We're very clear on Jesus the Son and what has been done for us. But what about the Holy Spirit? What has the Holy Spirit done in the past? And what is the current role of the Holy Spirit today? So I just wanted to explore with you a couple of explanations of what the Holy Spirit has done and who the Holy Spirit continues to be in our lives today. First, the Holy Spirit was active with God the Father and God the Son in creation. And we know, Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that God, that God is the Trinity. It also says in Luke 1.35, when um, Mary was being told that she's going to be with child, it says, the Holy Spirit, Mary, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The Holy Spirit will be with you. 
Second, the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of Scripture. So in 1 Peter, or yeah, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, it reads, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Spirit. Also, the Holy Spirit filled Christ's life with power. Do you remember when Jesus was at the beginning of his ministry and he read the scroll from Isaiah in his hometown of Nazareth, and the scroll that he read was taken from Luke, or taken from, it's in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It reads, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Jesus, as we know, had miracles and miracles and he raised people from the dead and the Spirit was upon him and filled his life with that power. The Holy Spirit also draws and convicts human beings. In John 14, verse 26, it says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. And so it's nice to know that the Holy Spirit is going to be the one that's teaching us and convicting us and moving our hearts to a deeper understanding. But you see, the Spirit was also sent by the Father and the Son to always be with his children, to always be present with us here on earth. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17 says, and this is Jesus talking, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, but it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Spirit also gives spiritual gifts to the church, and we read in 1 Corinthians 12, 14, there are different kinds of gifts, thankfully, because we're not all the same people. There are different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Spirit that distributes all of those gifts. The Spirit also empowers our church to witness to Christ. And in um, Acts chapter 1, you know, when the Pentecost happened and the Holy Spirit came upon the people, we can read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's us. He's talking about us, church. That's us. We're the people that make up church, that we will have the Holy Spirit come upon us, and we will be his witnesses. And lastly, that we can see, the Holy Spirit is in harmony with the scriptures because the Spirit leads the church into all truth. And in John 16, verse 13, it says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into the truth. He will not speak on his own, he will, not speak on what, he will only speak on what he hears and will tell you what is yet to come. And so the Holy Spirit has been working throughout time, throughout Scripture, throughout this universe of what's been going on here on this earth. And it's good to be reminded on who that Holy Spirit is and what that Holy Spirit has been doing. But I realize 
Most often, it's so much easier for us to speak and be in prayer with God than it is for us to hear Him. It's so much easier for us to be somewhat like Samuel when God was calling him and he was saying, Samuel, Samuel. And he would get up and say, yes, Eli. And Eli's like, no, I didn't call you. Samuel, Samuel. And he's like, yes, Eli. No, I didn't call you. It's so much more easier for us to be in prayer with God than it is for us to hear him and know that it is his voice. And sometimes when we do hear God's voice, when he does speak to us, sometimes we're like, I don't really want to hear it. God, I just, not right now, can, can it just wait? Or God, really, do I really have to do that? God, is that really what you want me to do right now? And I have to admit, there are times when sometimes we're skeptical of other people. When we hear other people say, oh, God told me to do this, or the Spirit led me to do this, sometimes we're like, really? But people have received guidance from the Holy Spirit through so many words, through a clear, audible word, maybe through reading scripture or reading a devotional book. People have received guidance through the Spirit from a specific event, maybe a gentle leading or nudging of their heart, maybe even through their conscience of right and wrong, or maybe even the Spirit opened doors or closed doors at a time that those doors needed to be opened and closed. So I want to share with you and explore with you five different ways in which we can practice receiving guidance from the Holy Spirit. The first one is to listen for the Spirit continually. I like this one because it's kind of, it reminds me of that text in the Bible where it says, pray without ceasing, where we can listen to the Spirit without ceasing. John Ortberg writes, quote, this gentle receptiveness, this ordering of our minds on more than one level at once is a skill that can be learned. For instance, if we have a big decision to make tomorrow, we can stop and ask for wisdom. If we have discretionary time unexpectedly open up, we can pause and ask God, do you have anything for me to do? And it's in that time that we can listen for a moment. And if no prompting comes, we simply do what seems wisest. Each time we greet someone tomorrow, we can inwardly ask the Spirit, how can I respond to this person? Do you want to speak or work through me? You see, we can order our minds in order of things that take precedent or big decisions that need to be made. And if there's extra time in between, we can even ask, how can I respond to this person who is in front of me? Or how can I speak to this person like you would want me to? It's kind of like the Franklin Covey um, Daytimer. I don't know if you guys know or remember this, but back in the day, and I don't know if they're still doing it, they have these trainings on how to organize your, um, yourself and get all organized. And I remember a, a friend was telling me, I'd never been to their trainings, I always wanted to, but a friend had told me, yeah, it's basically you do the big rocks first and you put those big things in your calendar first, and then you just put in all the little things, all the little nitty-gritty things of, of um, errands that need to be done in between those times so everything kind of fits in. And that's what this reminds me of, this ordering of our mind. It's like, okay, even though we are still listening to the Holy Spirit and there's big things going on in our lives, we can still attend to those big things. And just in those moments when we have time, we can fit in just those other little areas where we say, hey, you know what, there's someone here right now in front of me. Lord, how can I be attentive to this person? How do you want to speak through me right now? Do you want to work through me right now? Even though I've got some big things going on right now, how can this fit in as well? And so my challenge for you this week, as you are interacting with people, 
is to listen to the promptings of the Spirit. And as you listen to people, as you listen to the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying, my hope is that the Holy Spirit would lead you to be with people as Jesus would want him, as Jesus would want you to do if he were in your place. Second, the Holy Spirit, you, we can listen to the Holy Spirit through the voice of others. And I just want to share with you um, way back when I was deciding what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. You know, you graduate from college, you have a bachelor's degree, but what can you really do with it? Who's going to really hire you? And my bachelor's degree actually was in physical education. I hadn't planned on doing ministry. My whole thing was I love to exercise, I love to, to do that kind of thing and be active, and, and our church has a really great nutritional message. I want to bring the action to it and combine those two together. Well, I was working at a health club in Napa Valley, and um, it was only part-time. It wasn't enough to like live on my own and pay my own school loans and all that. So I was finding some other work, and I hated what I was doing. There were a couple things that had happened, and I'll spare you the boring details, but the last final thing that happened was there was graduation that year at PUC, and because I was living in the area, I said, you know what, I'm going to go support my friends, graduation weekend. And so I went to the baccalaureate Sabbath, service at the PUC church, and the speaker was talking all about how he had been a migrant growing up and how he worked um, a lot of menial jobs at a carpet place and picking cabbage and doing farm work and doing all these things, but God had called him to do ministry and God had empowered him to empower other people. And sitting there, I'm like, wow, God, that's what I want to do. I want to be used. I want to be empowering other people. I want to be a part of your ministry. I want to do something exciting. And um, it was Jose Rojas that day that was speaking. And interestingly, 10 years later, I was up there for another graduation for my cousin. And he was the speaker again, but this time for graduation day. And I said, you know what? I need to share with him how much his words impacted my life and how God used his words in my life in me to hear what God wanted for me to do. And that was many, many years ago. But we can listen to the Spirit or for the Spirit through the voice of other people. Maybe someone you love is talking with you about a circumstance, or maybe someone you don't even know. I didn't even know Jose Rojas is speaking into your life. We can listen to the voice of others for the Holy Spirit. Third, we can be responsive. So guidance from the Holy Spirit only makes sense if you're willing to actually obey that guidance, right? And I know I'm sometimes rebellious. I'm like, God, really? Oh, I have to wait on that one, or I'm not ready yet. But guidance makes sense for people who have decided that they are willing to respond. And responding begins, of course, with being obedient to God and to his clear guidance from Scripture. It only makes sense to ask God for guidance in the context of a life that is committed to seeking first the kingdom of God versus seeking first the life that Genevieve wants. We should be determined that as best that we can, that we will be responsive to God's leadings, especially if we're asking for it. If we feel maybe a prompting to write a note or make a call, we must follow through. Or if we have a sense that God wants us to encourage someone, or we must say the word, or love someone, or give someone a hug, we must say the word, we must do it. But sometimes it's scary. And so I refer to one of the things that my seminary professors had told me way back, is this holy boldness. But even though maybe 
we don't want to do those things that God has called us to do, maybe we can just cling on to the Spirit with this holy boldness and be like, okay, God, this is your power. This is you working in and through me. This isn't just me. And fourth, we can practice listening in small matters. There are small things that happen in our lives every day. And sometimes we're like, well, was that really God speaking or is that the Holy Spirit? So this past Tuesday was literally the worst day for me in a very long time. It was definitely not the life that I was, have always wanted to live this past week. <laughs> Sorry, John Ortberg. I woke up Tuesday morning with a pretty sore neck and I had a kink in my neck all week. And um, I had just had had a kink in my neck the prior week and it got sorted out, but I guess there's just so much tension that it came back. And so um, it continued to be a bad day because my, I got my son up and like, yeah, I have my day all planned. This is where we're going to be. I'm going to drop him off. We're going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to finish up at church. And um, he continued to proceed to eat breakfast half an hour longer than I really wanted. And I'm like, really? Come on, eat faster. Really eat, eat, eat. And he's like, I'm chewing, I'm chewing. And um, I know my son's a gift. I love him terribly. He really, truly is a gift. And he's especially a gift to me in the patience department. Because I'm like, come on, let's go. So I finally, we finally finished. We got off, I got him off, and I had to run to Trader Joe's really quick. My husband hadn't been home for a couple days. And um, I needed to get a few necessary items before I picked up my son again. As I walked into Trader Joe's, I put my sunglasses on my hat, and I went and got everything I needed, went to all the different sections, checked out, paid, walked to my car, put all the groceries in, sat down, went to grab my glasses, my sunglasses, and I'm like, oh no, where'd my sunglasses go? So I was like, oh, well, maybe they fell off. And so I looked in my car, I looked in all the grocery bags, maybe they fell off while I was leaning over, didn't see it. Maybe it's outside my car, didn't see it. Oh man, I have to go back into the store. I ran back into the store, asked the manager, no, nothing here, sorry, there are these, no, those aren't mine. Um, he's like, we can take your name and number, okay, yeah. So I went through the whole store, all the places where I was, looking for my glasses. And I know it seems tedious and it seems menial, and my day was already going back, so I already had a kinked neck, my son made me late, and now I lost my glasses. So I leave the store, I exit the store, and I'm just walking back to my car. It's a beautiful day, the sun is shining, the sky is blue, and I'm just, I'm just saying, God, you know, I really don't want to have to pay for another pair. <laughs> I really don't want to have to pay for another pair, but I really need my sunglasses right now. And lately I've been squinting a lot, so I really need my sunglasses. So it's like, okay, God, just please help me. If I don't have to pay for another pair, that would be great. Hop in my car. And um, with my kinked neck, I turn to see if there's anybody behind me so I can back out. And at that very moment that I turn, I thought, well, maybe my sunglasses fell on the floor behind my chair. And I look, and sure enough, my sunglasses are there. And I know it seems trivial, it seems meaningless, it seems like such a small thing. But for me, at that moment, I was like, thank you, God. That's what I needed. Just that little prompting of, hey, you know what? Check behind your seat. There they are. Thank you, God. But see, when we listen to God in these, what seems like small and trivial manners, it's good practice for us. It's good practice for us because um, it's training us to listen to hear God's voice and to hear the Spirit and to know the promptings. The more we practice seeing the Holy Spirit at work in the small matters, the more we will see the larger and bigger miracles the Holy Spirit will, will do in our lives.
Listening in the small matters is good practice for us to listen and to be attentive when other matters come and help us hear the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. And lastly, number five, this is my favorite challenge from this book. Sorry, from this chapter. And lastly, my favorite challenge is number five, seek guidance for the growth of your soul. John Ortberg says this, quote, A key test to know whether we really want God's guidance is to ask, how often do I seek God's guidance when I'm not facing trouble or a difficult decision? It's during those times that are tough that we seek guidance from the Holy Spirit. But what about the every mundane and exceptional parts of our lives? Ask yourself, How often do I seek God's guidance when I'm not facing trouble or a difficult decision? I appreciate John Ortberg's take on this, and he says, quote, A helpful way to learn to see guidance is at first to avoid seeking guidance for external decisions like taking a job or whom to marry, what college I should go to. But he says, start seeking guidance for the growth of your soul. Ask yourself these internal questions. How do I become a more truthful person? Whom do I know that can teach me to pray in a way that will nourish my soul? What practices enable me to live in joy continually? I like that because so often we typically go to the Spirit when things are tough or when things are difficult or when we can't handle it anymore. But what about just in the everyday, just in the everyday, just practicing the growth of our own soul, asking ourselves, how do I become a more truthful person? Who do I know that can teach me how to pray that will nourish my soul? What practices enable me to live in joy continually? See, I know the Holy Spirit speaks to his people. I know that he can direct our thoughts with or without words, with or without images, with or without people. And the Holy Spirit doesn't only prompt pastors or leaders or those whom we deem most spiritual or those who we think deserve it more. The Holy Spirit can guide and lead and direct anyone who chooses to be open to it. And God's purpose and guidance is not to get us to perform the right actions or to do the right things. His purpose is to help us to become the right kind of people. And the right kind of people are the people that are willing to do his work, to share who he is, to go to the ends of the earth saying, you know what, this is my God. This is the one that I worship. This is the one in whom I put everything in. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let's pray. God, thank you that every part of your Godhead, the Trinity, has work to do and has been involved since the beginning. Thank you for the reassurance that um, the Spirit is continuing to work in and through your people. And Lord, I pray that you help us to just be open to listening to the Spirit continually, 
starting first with the small things, being open to the leadings and promptings of the Spirit. Thank you. Amen.